The Chargers have made some big moves in this free agency period, but is it Tom Telesco's best ever? Today, we're going to be ranking Tom Telesco's five best free agency classes so far. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, but we're heading into our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen as always. And to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also find the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, we were wondering what to talk about tonight. We have a great show for you guys because we're going to be ranking Tom Telesco's five best free agency classes. It was tough. And and really, it seems like the one they just brought in might be the best ever. But we haven't actually seen a single one of those players hit the field yet. But I think after we tell you the other ones that made the top five, right, not even getting into the four worst ones, of Tom Telesco so far, you'll understand why we would feel that way. But we will start off with the number one besides this year free agency class for the Chargers and tell you why it was actually last year's free agency class before getting into numbers two and three before wrapping up the show with four and five. And I will tell you this, the free agency classes that brought in Travis Benjamin and Derek Cox will both show up on today's show in the top five free agency classes for the Chargers under general manager Tom Telesco. But it's not to rip Tom Telesco. I mean, a lot of it maybe has to do with, you know, who the coach is. We've seen that plays a huge factor in it. But the other thing is, too, is just the salary cap changes year to year, and there's different cap space for each of those seasons. Still not a lot of good when you look at some of these, and we had to kind of mix in some bad to kind of highlight some of the best signings that the Chargers have made. But I think that's why, David, when looking through this, it's so hard even before these guys play to not think that this free agency class could be the best because you're thinking about J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, and then you have the guys like Gerald Everett who we expect to make a big, you know, have a productive season with the Chargers and fill a big role for them. While also, you know, re-signing Mike Williams, I think also would go into that equation as well. So even though we haven't seen these guys and even though we're not including Khalil Mack in that because he was a trade, so not even looking at this entire offseason, there's still a pretty good shot that this ends up being the best one so far. Well, Daniel, the Chargers have never really spent money like this. They've never had money like this sure. before, right? But they've really went out there and said, hey, I'm going to go get one of the best guys at his position at a very, very important position in the NFL, and that's corner. And especially when you look around and see what the rest of the AFC West, and not even that, but just the AFC in general, all the moves that they have made to try to keep up with the just explosion of talent that has made its way into this conference, the Chargers had to do something big to be able to keep pace. And J.C. Jackson is that guy. And you got him for five years. You got him in the prime of his career. And you got a ball hawk, a playmaker on that defensive side of the ball. And then you bring in two guys that come in and directly impact your running run defense, which was awful last year. So it's just so nice to see them have a concentrated focus on not getting bottom of the barrel, you know, scrap heap type guys. You're getting top of the line, high end premium talent to come in and, and supplement your football team. 
Well, I mean, as long as, you know, J.C. Jackson's not Derek Cox, right? And they're not obviously (laughs) two people that will be compared. But, like, that was a big, giant signing for them that year. I'll never forget it. And that's why you kind of have to wait and see, right, with this free agency class and why we're not kind of including it in there. But, yeah, I mean, the salary cap and all those things play a factor. But one of the reasons they were so strapped in some of those years, David, is because of bad contracts they had given out before that. Yeah. in free agency and tom telesco inherited some of those i mean this is his 10th off season guys like this is the 10th one that's a long long time we're going back to 20 whole decade people we're looking at the 2022 class this year but it is crazy david that we are going to start our countdown we had to you know argue this out i mean this is a list that we had to go back and forth on many times and it wasn't because there were so many good players to choose from i will say that but we did come away with pretty unanimously and pretty instantaneously came with the Chargers 2021 free agency class is the number one free agency class from Tom Telesco, obviously before this season, but you get Corey Lindsley and now, and that's why we can't do 2022, right? Cause at least with these guys, we've seen a year of it, right? Yeah. Matt Filer was a huge signing for them. Ode Abushi was good. I mean, you can knock it obviously cause he got hurt, but then you have sure. Jared cook who filled in a big role for the Chargers without Hunter Henry, even with the frustrations. And there's guys like Kyler Fackrell, right? And Christian Covington that came in and played their roles as well. And I think this was really an easy choice. Oh, yeah, it was not even a, a discussion, especially after looking back at, at, you know, 10 of these horrible. I right. mean, a lot of them were bad. I mean, four or five, five or six of them really were just really, really hard to figure out. Yeah. What are the highlights of these free agency classes? But here in 2021, it was a lot easier. I mean, yeah. for me, Matt Fowler was a great signing. You love the position flexibility he brings to the table. And you might see that this year if he kicks out to right tackle. thought he played very good at guard. Corey Lindsley was the crown jewel here, though. You got an all-pro center, one of the best players at his position, to anchor an offensive line to protect your star quarterback, Justin Herbert. And you have him under contract for several years as well. And, of course, as contracts continue to uh, evolve and people get paid more and, you know, those TV deals come out, these contracts are only going to get bigger and bigger. And these particular contracts signed in 2021 are going to look better and better. I mean, in some, yeah, I think in some ways, yes. But I think the other thing, too, is we don't have the benefit of knowing how these guys' entire contracts are going to play out. And of with course. The, you know, Corey Lindsley, like, I love it as much as anyone else. We don't know how we're going to think back on it, you know, with what he's going to make in year five of that deal, you know, sure. and how Matt Filer will feel about that after year three of his deal. So that is the hard thing. But, like, you got to see immediate results. And even yeah. the misses that you had weren't huge you know, misses that led to you eating up a ton of dead cap space. Like, you know, 2020, I think, is another one where it's like, you know, you liked the moves at the time, you know, and like you understood why they did it. But I think this was like the last couple of years. I mean, Corey Lindsley wasn't like a super aging guy, right? He's still kind of in the prime of his career. Same with Matt Filer. Same with Ode Abushi. These guys weren't, you know, 32, 33 years old when they signed him. And I think that was kind of the start of the youth movement that the Chargers were bringing in there. And I think the other thing about this show, David, is that even though when we're talking about it right now, people might be wondering, like, really, is that the best one? Like, even with, you know, the guys that, yeah, like Ryan Smith didn't turn on to anything. Ode Abushi got hurt. Jared Cook, we all knew the frustrations there. But I think as the show goes further along, it's going to make more and more sense. Oh, it absolutely is. And, and I mean, and that's going to start beginning with the next class we get into because that one was a, a little bit difficult because that was a class that featured Travis 
Benjamin. But I mean, hey, when we continue on with this show, you'll understand why that was the next class that we talk about. But I mean, unequivocally, this 2021 class, because of the starters that they brought in and the impacts that they made in year one of those deals made it very easy to, to, to decide that as the best class of Tom Telesco's tenure. Yeah, I think it was just a lot of hits, you know, for what you yeah. were looking for. That's like four or five hits when you're talking about Covington and Kyler Fackrell playing his role. And, you know, if you count Odea Bushi to go along with Filer and Corey Lindsley. But, yes, I mean, somehow in the next segment, we're getting into the second and third best classes from Tom Telesco's career. And one of them has Travis Benjamin and one of them has Derek Cox, who I think, you know, Derek Cox, at least so many jokes made at the expense of that man, obviously. <laughs> But at the same time, he still had one of the top three free agency periods of Tom Telesco's career so far. And there's other ones, you know, where it was just like, hey, there was a year where it was literally Tyrod Taylor and Thomas Davis, you know, so there wasn't a lot to go off there. But we'll get yeah. into the number two and three free agency classes of Tom Telesco's career coming up after this. But everyone that knows me knows when I'm betting on something, I love to go with the crazy bets. And the best place to find those crazy bets is at Bet Online. .net. When you're looking for prop bets, when you're looking at where you can bet on Will Smith and Chris Rock and the outcome there, if they end up doing a boxing match, right? There's so many great things with BetOnline.net. It's the number one place that I always go to place all of my bets. And right now, you can do a ton of props and futures for the NFL. Even you guys can go bet in the Chargers to win the AFC West. That's going to be a really sticky odd situation with how cl close these teams are in the West now. But it's not just football. You can go to, you know, playoffs, right, are coming up. In the NBA, and obviously we just had some crazy college basketball and more to go with the Final Four coming up closely. So make sure you guys are going to betonline.net to get not only the best props and odds and lines that you're going to find, but you can get in-game live wagering where you guys can change the tide and change your fate with betonline.net because if make sure you, you guys go to the website right now to check out all the crazy tournaments and deals that they have going on because they have those going on all the time at BetOnline where the game starts. All right, David, well, we talked about the number one free agency class for Tom Telesco. And I mean, it's it's going to be hard to do this show to some extent, right? Knowing that like it's just going to come off like a Tom Telesco bashing, even though there's a lot of good signings in here that we're going to talk about. It's just they weren't all necessarily in the same year. There's usually big misses wherever you see the big hits in this, you know, free agency discussion that we're having. But the number two free agency period in Tom Telesco's career, according to me and David Drogmeyer, is 2016. And the crown jewel of that, as David would put it, Casey Hayward was brought in yeah. during that free agency cycle. But so was Travis Benjamin. So was Brandon Meebane. So was James Jones. I mean, three guys who had very forgettable, you know, Chargers careers. I mean, Travis Benjamin still looks like one of the better ones when you're looking at some of the guys who never really ended up playing with them. At least but he's still in the league, right? 100%. And I think, you know, part of this also is just like Casey Hayward brings it up so much because the Chargers oh, yeah. got him for so little. Corey Toomer, I thought, played a fine role for the Chargers that year. He's another one. Matt Slauson, I thought, was a very underrating signing. And even Dwight Lowry. Like, Dwight Lowry only played one year. It's not nearly as big of a miss as some of the other ones we're going to talk about. And I think that's, David, how a draft class that has, or a free agency class that has Travis Benjamin on it somehow comes in at number two on our list. 
Oh, yeah. Casey Hayward brings this class up so much because the value there, I mean, when they first signed him was crazy, especially yeah. after you've seen him and the scheme fit and just the level of play. You got him in his prime, the prime of his career after getting cut, after kind of getting thrown by the wayside by Green yeah. Bay. The Chargers Led go the out league there. in interceptions in one yeah. of those years. Exactly, and and really brings it just a tremendous impact and a lot of leadership to to the Chargers organization while he was playing for them. He was fantastic, and I really liked Matt Slauson too because he brought a nastiness, uh, just that you know th- that offensive line play that you love, a guy that's just going to m- mug you every time that he's going up in front of you. He brought that physicality to that offensive line, brought that attitude. I think is really necessary to play offensive line at a high level. That brings it up a lot. And at the time, Brandon Meebane, at least in 2016, he was solid. I mean, I wouldn't say much more than that. But the, yeah. obviously, the, the two the two guys in this class that really raised things up, Casey Hayward, obviously number one, and Matt Slauson, Matt Slauson number two. Yeah, and I mean, it's not as if Brandon Meebane had a ton of help around him, right? I mean, he no. brought in because he was Gus Bradley's guy. He was definitely getting a little older. And we finally saw the Chargers. That's the nice thing is kind of go away from that, David, because yeah. now instead of, you know, the Brandon Meebanes and Limbaugh Joseph, who I think was still fine when they ended up bringing him in, you now have guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson. And that's one of the things I've seen as kind of a key here. The other thing is, David, is, them not bringing back as many guys that would end up coming back and struggling for them. Like this year, they ended up bringing back like Dontrell Edmond, Jaleel Adai, Kenny Wiggins, Chris Hairston, Joe Barksdale. Some of those guys played well, but the one thing we have also seen this year is how willing they are to part with some of these guys, even if they're okay, and maybe you'd make good depth pieces and just bring in new players entirely. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with just Brandon Staley trying to bring in more of his guys and bring in more of the people and the players that are going to fit his schemes and fit the way he wants to play football on both sides of the ball. You're seeing that a lot. And also you're seeing what positions he values and what he wants to invest heavily in and other positions that he might not really kind of hold in such high regard. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and that's, you know, a couple of big signings there that made sense at the time too but yeah. i mean i remember that like travis benjamin was like the number one free agent wide receiver and that it just in that class and it was crazy and it was like ah you know go get travis benjamin no terrible yeah. don't do oh, it man. i mean just don't do it and he's still you know still around he's the 49ers last year but matt slauson i think was kind of the underrated one and now he's doing a podcast with danny woodhead who is perfect because he's in our next class here the number three free agency class Leading up to this season and Tom Telesco's tenure is the 2013 offseason, which was his first ever free agency class as the Chargers general manager. And it also has Derek Cox in it. So that's how you should know how to feel about that. But the big one in that one, Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead was such a stud. That was such a good contract that ended up working out so well for the Chargers. You know, and then there's also Ronnie Brown, who didn't work out. As well, but I think the other ones that kind of save this draft class and keep it up there, David, is you found some help at uh, left tackle, which you needed in King Dunlap, who was good for a little while after signing that year. And then you also got guys like Chad Reinhardt, who came in, was okay. Rich Warmberger, another guy who came in, right, that they were able to use. And I think that's kind of even with it being as unspectacular as it is and really having only one guy that truly stands out in Danny Woodhead, that comes in at number three. Yeah, I mean, Danny Woodhead obviously is the reason why this free agency class is where it's at. He was such a great value because he's like that Swiss Army knife. He was 
the the Austin Eckler of the time. He was the guy that was a great pass catching running back that was really honestly very similar in stature, very shifty. Uh, I mean, very he's a very exciting player. Also had a great personality too. Just loved his uh, his interviews that he would do after games and mm. and whenever he would talk to people. Just he had that kind of magnetism that you, that you love. And so Danny Woodhead was a really, really exciting player to watch. Also, I like the intent at least, you know, cause that was the year uh, with Melvin Ingram. Um, but Dwight Freeney was signed uh, in this, in this class as well. So at least they said, Hey, we need to add some pass rush. So they, they, you know, he didn't play particularly well and he was at the end of his hall of fame career, but at least I like the intent, the reasoning behind <laughs> him, the, the, the chargers actually bringing him in. And I love the fact that some of these were so questionable to put on this list that you had to bring up Dwight Freeney as one of the ones that ended up working out for the Chargers. I mean, I think he had four and a half sacks in two seasons. I think missed 12 games the first season that he was with the Chargers. I mean, trying to get some help for Melvin Ingram there. Didn't end up working out that well. And I think, I mean, the other part of this is, this is number three, but Derek Cox was easily the worst signing. Like that's that that's Horrible. the one that's going to go down in infamy. And I think even when most people look back at this 2013, you know, season, they don't think about, Hey, like that was a great season, right? That no. was the, the, just the year that they ended up bringing in Derek Cox. But like the other thing I feel like about Danny Woodhead is like, you stole a Patriots player and he still played well with you. I remember yes. one of the, the final you know seasons in San Diego. I was at the Dolphins game where he had four touchdowns. Yeah, he was like the Austin Eckler before Austin Eckler, just a, a small, scrappy dude. And that's like what a scat back looks like. Austin yeah. Eckler is like five times as thick as Danny Woodhead. And I think he's just <laughs> a, a different animal in that regard. But Danny Woodhead was a stud, and I think that's what really saves that free agency class. But there are more, David, and we have four and five to get to without getting into. The worst free agency classes of Tom Telesco's career so far. That'll have to be something that we do on another day because, I mean, there are four unmentionables that we're not even going to be getting into on today's podcast. But coming up next, we're going to bring you four and five and tell you why 2020 ended up being one of the top five free agency classes, even with big misses like Brian Bulaga and Chris Harris Jr. And then after that, there's a one free agency class that had literally three people in it and somehow still cracks the top five coming up after this. All right, David. Well, we've done our top three so far free agency classes under Tom Telesco. And I think after that last segment, people are starting to get a firmer grasp on why we believe this one is going to be the best ever, whether or not, you know, you're including Khalil Mack in that. And I do think that Khalil Mack always has to be part of the conversation. Oh, yeah. And when you and when the only reason we didn't want to do off season as a whole, which would have you know included that, even though you could trade any time of the year, really. But the only reason we didn't want to include that is because this isn't including draft classes, right? Right. The Tom Telesco's worst and best draft classes will have to be saved for a different program, you know, or at least a different show for us. But now it's number four, David, and this was the one where like. We're really hitting the nitty gritty, right? Because yeah. like there, you know, 2019, right? Doesn't even make the list. That's Virgil Green, Caleb Sturgis, Mike Pouncey. Like, where do you know? How do you feel about that? That's a tough one to feel about. And then you know, 2019, Thomas Davis, Tyrod Taylor. So there were just some literally unusable ones for this list. So don't be mad when I tell you that the number four free agency class under Tom Telesco so far in his you know nine off seasons leading up to this one was 2020, and it is definitely going to be headlined by the Brian Bulaga, Chris Harris Jr. part of this, David, and that's what keeps it from being higher up on this list. But I will say that Limbaugh Joseph, I still think, was a solid signing. I think he was good for them at the time. 
Oh, Nick yeah. Vigil played really well that year when Drew Tranquil went down. And then you also have Donald Parham who comes in as, you know, from the CFL that season and is a guy that ends up, I think, really pushing this free agency class up compared to, you know, some of the other bad ones. So I think those are the guys that kind of save it. Yeah, I mean, at the time, we were all excited that the Chargers brought in Brian Belaga and at least, hey, you know, this was a, a right tackle that had played well at some point, but obviously we know how that turned out. And, you know, we have the the benefit of hindsight and that obviously did not turn out very well. And Linval Joseph, I thought, was a great, you know, a great player. Yeah, an aging player here, but he was brought in to do a job, to, you know, to really eat up double team blocks and to really, you know, do his best to stop the run. And and I think he did that. He did that adequately. I think he played still, uh, you know, at his age at a pretty solid level, but Donald Parham to me here is the jewel because of the potential. I mean, we haven't really seen it over the course of an entire season yet, but I feel like this year is really going to be the year where he gets really gets his chance to really shine as uh, hopefully he stays healthy because he has that, you know, he has that great, catch radius he's six foot eight he's just a gigantic target in the red zone on third downs I feel like if he's able to stay on the football field there's more and more ways that they can incorporate him and use him he is definitely one of the bigger reasons why this class is here at number four yeah I think so I mean and because like the thing is is like none of those were home run signings right I mean Mm -hmm. if you look at all those dudes None of them were, but I think the one thing we did see was kind of a little bit of a change from Tom Telesco and those aging veterans that he was giving contracts to, like Chris Harris Jr. only got two years, right? Limbaugh Joseph yeah. only got two years. Bulaga only got, you know, three years, and he ended up, they ended up having to eat some of that, but they set it up in a way that didn't hurt them as much and still let them this year, you know, release him and go still be aggressive. And I do think that, it's tough because this one definitely gets dragged down by a couple of contracts that could have worked out, but I think a couple of learning lessons for the Chargers on going against signing those elderly players, especially those that have injury history. With Chris Harris Jr., he was a dog still, but he was coming off a down year. It wasn't really due to injuries, though, because he was very, very durable before he ended up with the Chargers. And Brian Bulaga just was such a good player that you were thinking, hey, even if I can get 14 games out of this dude at right tackle. It's going to be such an upgrade over what they had. And then you obviously have like Darius Jennings didn't even make the roster, right? Storm yeah. Norton, a guy who's still on the team, but hard to feel good about it. So like it felt better at one point, but the Chris Harris Jr. Brian Bulaga thing, I think, like I said, just end up going down as learning lessons. Yeah, definitely. And and I think that's another reason why you have to be excited about the youth movement that you're seeing with the Chargers now is, hey, yeah. you know, we have to build for the future. These older guys and these situations in recent memory has showed us that these is probably not the way to go. They weren't the most productive players. They weren't the most durable players. You want to have a higher likelihood that the guys that you sign are going to be able to actually contribute to your football team. And that means staying on the field. And they brought in some very young and durable football players. Um, So that should be very, very exciting for the Chargers. And, you know, that's the way it should be, right? You know, this is a young man's game, as Brandon Staley put it. But, you know, you have to get that youth, that youth movement going. I feel like the Chargers are definitely heading in that direction. Yeah, they are. And I do think that the one thing while talking about this, and like I said, I mean, it's going to seem like we're just trying to bash Tom Telesco. I mean, we didn't pick these dudes, you know. Nah. We only really know how the how the story ended up playing out, you know, and when the carriage turned back into a pumpkin in most of these instances. But the only thing you can wish for, even if you're a, you know, a Telesco doubter, right, 
is that he can evolve and that he yeah. can get better, right? Because it, obviously he's going to get the leeway. He's going into his 10th season as the general manager. The Chargers have made the playoffs only two of those years. He isn't strapping it up and going out there, right? But I think it is a direct reflection if you're doing you know, over three coaches that is what your record is. That's how many times you've made the playoffs. At some point, the, you know, the fingers are going to start getting pointed in your direction. That's just really all it comes down to. And we're a little bit surprised that didn't happen after Anthony Lynn. Most general managers with Tom Tuesca's record don't get, you know, the third contract or the second contract after their, the initial one, right? So, like, the only thing you can hope at this point is that Brandon Staley continues to be a good influence on him, right? Yeah. And that he is still evolving and actually getting better. And you just have to hope that he can get better and, you know, maybe let go of some of these philosophies or the tendencies that led to some of the classes that are making this list on a top five list that hasn't always felt like a top five list as we've been going through them. But it is time for number five, David, and that is the 2017 free agency class, which had three people assigned to it, basically. It was (laughs) Russell Okun. It was Trey Boston. It was Kenyon Barner, and that comes in at number five. Yeah, and the, and the main reason for that is Russell Okung. I mean, Russell Okung actually played very, very well that year for the Chargers. First the two Chargers, seasons. Third yeah, for the first, yeah, for the first couple seasons, he was very, very good. He yeah. was very good as a pass protector. He was very good as a run blocker. Like, the Chargers were looking, cycling through different players at left tackle, and they at least found a small pocket you know, of two years where they got some adequate left tackle play after that, you know, it didn't work out. We know what happened. He got traded, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Trey Boston also. Yeah. (laughs) Trent Scott (laughs) happened. That's what happened. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Russell Okung is, is like context matters. And that's the charges were searching for a left tackle for so long before that, you know, you would have little band-aids like a King Dunlap along the road, but like that, 2017 class and Russell Okung signing in particular mm-hmm. really helped the Chargers in that 12 and four season they had in 2018, where they ended up winning against the Ravens and losing to the Patriots in the playoffs. But to get that two solid years, even out of a four year contract with Russell Okung before they traded him for Trey Turner, like that was a huge win. Oh, yeah, it was a massive win. I mean, that's what I'm saying is and Trey Boston. Yeah, and that's the other thing I was going to say is Trey Boston brought some really, you know, some ball hawking tendencies to the team. I mean, he I think he led the team that year in interceptions. I mean, he was an exciting player to watch. Like, he was always around the football. He made a couple of really, you know, good acrobatic interceptions that year. Like, he was a he solid player. He dropped some interceptions, too. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. yeah, he I definitely remember. did, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and the funny thing is I feel like he was missed more the next season after he was gone than the season yeah. he was with the Chargers. It was one of those things like when he was here kind of everyone was like this dude like he did miss some tackles he missed some interceptions for sure it, it somehow got worse after that where people were you know trying to get trey boston back yeah and i think that's a the the true testament of what he actually brought to the table i mean everyone sees it while they're watching it during during the season and they go through that roller coaster of play i mean these guys do too and when you're playing defense you're trying to limit the success as much as possible you know and and you know, I thought he did a pretty good job, and you saw that after the season when you saw who was playing safety at that point in time, and then you're like, oh, my God, I really wish that Trey Boston was back here for the Chargers. But Trey Boston, a, a solid contributor that year, and Russell Okung solving a very, very important question the Chargers were trying to answer for a decade. Yeah, and I mean, probably one of the big reasons that, you know, or one of the reasons they never brought back Trey Boston after the 2018 free agency period was they ended up getting Derwin James. So they didn't end up settling 
bringing back Trey Boston. They went out and got Derwin James. Then they had to put, you know, Julia will die next to him for a little while. That's neither here nor there. I mean, that season they also brought back guys like Julia will die, Dontrell Inman, Kelvin Clemens, Mike Wint, Brandon Oliver, and they re-signed, you know, Melvin Ingram that year. That's when Melvin Ingram guys last big extension for the Chargers. So I think that definitely brings it up a little bit and at least makes it worthy of the top five on a list that maybe the bar isn't set very high. But I do think that Russell Okung, I mean, in a lot of this, David, it just ended up like, hey, where were the where's the one guy that kind of stood out and you actually, you know, hit on, right? Because I mean, out of the list that we went through, guys, I mean, there wasn't a ton of them you consider hits like Chris Harris Jr., Brian Bulaga, Darius Jennings, Storm Norton, you know, Derek Cox, Ronnie Brown, Corey Toomer, James Jones, Travis Benjamin. Like, there's a lot of misses. And that's one reason I think that 2021 comes in first is like even the ones that you might think are misses weren't nearly as bad as some of the other seasons. Like Odea Bushi was playing well. Kyler Fackrell, when he was out there, played well and filled the role I think they wanted him for. Jared Cook had a you know decent season for a tight end. If that's the miss, I mean, you'll take those kind of misses, I think. And that's why you're like, hey, I mean, if J.C. Jackson and Sebastian Joseph Day work out, if, you know, J.C. Jackson and Gerald Everett work out, like it's already one of the best free agency classes of Tom Telesco's career. But you're, you're and, and the thing is, is you're signing guys that are near the top of their position, the, at least the last two classes that you've had Brandon Staley involved. You got the core. You Lindsay's. went out and got, yeah, premier yeah, guy. Top Lindsay premier last talent. year, and now you got J.C. Jackson. Paying two guys, you know, top five or top, I think, six in J.C. Jackson's case and in Corey Lindsay's case, top one. Something, best, you know, highest paid center in the league. Something we wanted the Chargers to do for a long, long time is, hey, go out and get a guy. At least go spend the money and try and see if it works. It's just it, they haven't done that for a long, long time. The last two years, they've done more of that. They've got, got went out there and spent big money on big on, on great players that have already shown that they can play at a high level. I mean, I, I would slightly disagree with you there just because I think you could say the same thing about 2020 when it was, you know, Bulaga well, and Chris Sears. Okay. But yeah. And, but I mean, even when you go back to like the, the seasons like 2016, like that's a ton of dudes, you know, Casey Hayward, yeah. Travis Benjamin, Dwight Lowry, Brandon Meebane, like it was a lot of guys. They were taking some big swings. I mean, there's also other times where it didn't work out, right? They made Orlando Franklin like the highest paid guard at his position. You didn't hear us talking about the 2015 free agency in this show for a good, for good reason. reason. But I do think that you're right with like the caliber of guys that they're going after. And we yep. still have to see how it plays out because, I mean, we we felt good and those guys are still playing at a high level and Chris Harris Jr. and Brian Bulaga or had recently. These guys are, should be heading into their prime. They shouldn't be entering a more, you know, physically unready place to where they're not going to be able to play because they're getting hurt all the time. Like they're they're not going over the hill when they're turning 26 in 27 years old when you're talking about these younger dudes the Chargers are bringing in. So I think that's why we felt so confident kind of saying, hey, the one, that, the best one ever, if it's not last year, you know, bringing and helping the Chargers on the offensive line, there's a good chance it's this year if a couple of these guys end up hitting. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. If you guys disagree, make sure to hit us up at Lockdown LAC and tell us what free agency class of Tom Telesco's career you think didn't make it onto this list, or you can maybe nominate the worst one. Tom Telesco's career, whatever you want. It's up to you. You can hit us up in the YouTube comments as well. But make sure you're subscribing on our Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and following the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. We will not have a show tomorrow. We didn't want to do it on a Monday or a big day, something like that. 
tomorrow was the best day because there's just one day we're going to have to miss just because of scheduling and everything like that. We've been trying to keep it consistent with you guys throughout the offseason. But tomorrow there will be no show. We'll move back with Mock Draft Monday on Monday, looking at our top five free or draft targets at 17. So if we had our list of the five guys we would want the most, we will be telling you on Monday and telling you who we want the most at 17 for the Chargers as we see it right now. But until then, you guys can call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line if you want to get your thoughts on the show at 323-524-7924. And you can also follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. Make sure to check out our at Locked On Chargers Instagram page and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well because we always post the show to all those places. But thank you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you guys on Monday with Mock Draft Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.